0: Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. We're going to get right into the word right now, and uh, I'm just really excited about what I have to share with you today. And uh, I just believe that it's going to just minister to you, and you're going to also see yourself in this message. That's the important thing. You're going to see Christ in this message. So i want to welcome again to Harvest Church at Home, and I'm so glad again that we can connect today. You know, during the past 10 months, there's been a lot of talk about what is essential and what is not essential. You've heard of that word, kind of a buzzword, essential, right? Like, for instance, essential businesses. Uh, essential workers and so forth. But today, I want to talk about essential Christianity and the markers of a godly life or the signs of a godly life, all right? So what are the markers? What are the signs of godly life? What makes up for essential Christianity? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Lord, I thank you that your word is already blessed. But Lord, I just pray for a special blessing now to share it. a special anointing, just from a touch from heaven, Lord God, just to share your word. Lord, I just pray that in the next few moments, Lord God, we'll, we'll take heed according to your word, that we'll pay special attention to your word right now. And We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All God's people said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I haven't done this in a long time. This is my Bible, the living and powerful proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. God's holy word on which I stand. And having done all, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Whatever the word of God says I am, I am. Whatever the word of God says I have. And whatever the word of God says I can do, say with me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. We're talking this morning about essential Christianity, the markers of a godly life. In other words, what are the signs and what are the markers of a godly life? Well, first of all, when we just kind of start right there, we just need to ask ourselves the question, what does it mean to be godly? What is godly? Man, I'll tell you what, I was, there's so many different, uh, you know, descriptions or, or um, uh, definitions of what it means to be godly. But I found a great one in Erdman's Bible Dictionary. I was just looking through my own resources, and, and uh, there's an abundance of material anytime you bring up a name. But I found a great a great definition of being godly, one that I really hadn't heard before. But here it is. Godly is one who exercises loving kindness towards others and demonstrates faithfulness to God. I love that. A godly person is one who exercises loving kindness to one another. How many of you think that make a difference, right? And then who demonstrates faithfulness to God. So with this definition as a premise... Let's just talk about essential Christianity and the markers or the signs of a godly life. Now, here, I want to ask you to do something for me. I'm going to be speaking for the next 20 minutes, and I'd like you to track closely with me today. I'm going to share uh, several points. In fact, Jesus had 12 disciples, so I'm going to share 12 points, but I'm going to do it very quickly, not going to rush, but I'm going to be brisk. But here's what I want to see. With each point... I want you to realize that you're making progress. I want you to be able to see yourself in each point, and then you're going to realize that you're making progress and that God has done a good work in you, and he's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So let's look at this right now. The markers are the signs of a godly life. Here's the first one. The first one is trust in God. Say it with me right now. Trust in God. In a world that is filled with so much fear and uncertainty we need to put our trust in God. Can I get a witness? I'm talking about putting our trust in God. There are so many things, everyone, that we just don't understand. So many twists and turns in life. God sees the picture from a higher vantage point than us. God sees it from his own providence. And I'll tell you what, God has everything worked out. God is still on the throne. He's still ruling in the affairs of our lives and and all of the things that are going on in the world. Even when we can't quite trace God's hand, we must trust his heart. So in a world that's filled with so much fear and so much uncertainty, let's learn to put our trust in God. I'm just going to trust God. Hallelujah. And I put in your notes, by the way, there are notes that you would have that you can get online, and they'll give you a much better framework for the message today. But I put in the notes, trust is a must, all right? Say it with me. Trust is a must. I've never heard that before, but I heard it from the Holy Spirit as I was preparing preparing this message. Trust is a must, all right? And the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. This is a life verse. You all know it. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. And what? And he will make your paths straight. He will direct your paths. Hallelujah. But what do you do? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Say with me right now. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So let me just ask you a question this morning. Are you one that trusts in the Lord? That's a marker. That's an essential marker of a a Christian life. All right. Here's the second one. Have you received Christ? Receiving Christ is an essential marker. When I was eight years old, I received Christ as my Savior and Lord, and it was the single most important decision of my life. It really was. I was in a little church in Cullum, North Dakota. Actually, it was a pretty big church because the town at that time was around 650 people and the church ran close to 200 people. So, you know, it was was like one-third of the size of the town the church was. It was a pretty big church, actually, for that size of a town. But in that little church, if you will, you know, uh, of, of lovely people, I received Christ as my Savior. I went back there, I don't know, 10 years ago, and, uh, and I'll try to go back there again this summer. But uh, I went to that church, the same church. I walked through that building, and I walked right up to the front altar area where I knelt down and I prayed. And a board member led me to Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what, my life, the trajectory of my life, everything about my life changed when I received Christ. So we prayed to receive Christ this morning, but the Bible says this in John one twelve. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Aren't you glad this morning that when you received Christ, you became part of the family of God? You're a child of God. And it begins, everyone, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, I received a communication, an email from a friend that's studying for a master's degree, and he had several questions uh, on living the Christian life, and several questions that people ask. And one of the questions was, do you really need to say something when you receive Christ? Is it necessary to say anything? Can't you just believe in the Lord in your heart and, and uh, you know, just, you know, say it? you don't have to speak out or anything, do you? Is, is, in other words, is it necessary to say anything or to speak out? And my answer was this, we can only use the scripture to tell us what to do. The scripture is what really shows us the way. And Romans 10, chapter 10 verse 9 and, and, and 10 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I want everyone to say it with me right now. Jesus is Lord. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Say it with me right now. I confess that Jesus is Lord And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Well, there it is in Scripture. Hey, now, when you get married someday or if you're already married, if you were standing before the minister and the minister said, I want you to say your vows right now, but then the groom or the bride would say, well, I just don't want to say it. I just want to just, in my heart, think it. uh, You know, that wouldn't have a lot of power. Uh, Just by saying, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to say no, no. You confess with your mouth your love for one another as husband and wife. And in the same way, you confess your love for Jesus. In other words, you make a confession with your mouth. Then, when you get saved, you become a brand new creation. Have you noticed? Not only does your life get new right away, but it keeps on being renewed. The Bible says this, If anyone is in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Praise God. His mercies are new every morning. His his faithfulness is great. Praise God. All of those things. But he makes all things new. Praise the Lord. You know what? I became a new creation when I got saved back when I was eight years old. But the Lord has been doing new things in my life over and over again. I'm, I'm sure the same is true of you as well. Here's the third thing. The third marker of a Christian life is baptism, baptism in water. And baptism in water, you've been, you've been baptized, or if you haven't, you need to get baptized. Baptism in water is identifying with Christ. It's a symbol of being buried with Christ and rising again to newness of life. In fact, here's how Paul wrote it. He says, when you were baptized in water... You were buried with Christ through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so you also should walk in newness of life. In other words, baptism, when we go down into the water, it's like being buried together with Christ and then rising again to newness of life. Praise God. It's a great symbol, but what you're doing is you're you're telling the whole world. In public, you say, you know what? I identify with Christ. And you know what? If you won't be ashamed of Christ right now, Christ will not be ashamed of you. I, I be, I, in other words, if you'll confess Christ, Christ will confess you. But if you're ashamed of Christ on that day uh, uh, that's coming, then he will be ashamed of you as well. No, we're saying we identify with Christ in baptism, and we ra- we're raised again to newness of life. Thank you, Lord God. Here's the fourth marker. The fourth marker, the fourth sign of essential Christianity is prayer. Say it with me, prayer, amen? What can I say about prayer, everyone? You know how I love prayer. It's the lifeblood of every believer and a major marker of a godly life. Uh, You know, when I grew up, there were, in all kinds of homes, there would be plaques uh, and and little uh, signs on the walls and things like that. One, of course, when you walk into the house, it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But another one that you'd see very commonly in a kitchen or in a living room would be prayer changes things. Prayer changes things, and it really does. But I want to just add to that one or modify that a little bit and say this, prayer changes everything. Prayer changes everything. In fact, the Bible says this about prayer, pray without ceasing. In other words, don't give up on praying. Pray about everything. Not just little things and big things. Pray about everything. In fact, Paul wrote this to the Philippians. He says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's always, always done. Always be thankful. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can ever even comprehend. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I want you to see something real quickly. First of all, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Every little thing, pray about it. Little things and big things. Because if you pray about things when they're little, they won't get so big. Then he says you'll, 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 you'll get God's peace in your life, but watch this. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Hey, everyone. We live in a world right now where the media where the news, where the events of the day are trying to mess with your mind and steal your peace. That's why we talk about having faith over fear, things like that. But when you pray, guess what happens? Pray every day and you'll have peace, the peace of God in your life every single day as well. Praise God. Uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson, right, a writer, he says, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. You pray prayers, everyone, that you don't even know kind of where they all ended up. But your prayers are doing more than you could ever realize. More things are wrought by prayer than this world even dreams of. Uh, In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be speaking on Sunday, February 7th, the first Sunday in February. And the title of my message is called Living the Lord's Prayer. Living the Lord's Prayer. Man, I was out walking and praying a couple of days ago or a few days ago, and the Holy Spirit just put this on my heart. Living the Lord's Prayer. I, I thought, you no, know, he's supposed to be praying the Lord's Prayer. No, I'll tell you what. When you begin to pray the Lord's Prayer on a, on a, on a daily level, you begin to live the Lord's Prayer in your life. We're going to talk about what it means to live the Lord's Prayer. That'll be on Sunday, February 7th. All right? All right. Now, here's the fifth marker of an essential Christian life, and it's this, reading the Word of God Daily. Reading the Word of God daily. And let me say, everyone, there's some more. I, I, I put this word daily in here on purpose because we need to re-engage with the Word of God. Re-engage. Don't re-engage with all of these, you know, uh, series that are on TV. You're binge-watching, doing all that kind of stuff. And I realize we're sheltered in right now uh, so much of the time we're, we're here. But let me, as much as you're connecting with the TV, connect with your own Bible. All right? So in other words, everyone's connecting with your phone daily, with your TV daily. Hey, then why can't we connect with the Word of God daily? And there's been a disconnect with the Word of God in the church today because for whatever reason, people like read it on Sunday or they read it like a couple of times a month. Come on. Hey, everyone, let's read the Word of God every single day. you've heard me say that's nothing new. Let your eyes see something of the Word of God every single day, whether it's a verse, whether it's a chapter, whether it's a reading plan, but let your eyes see the Word of God every day. The first thing that I see is not the Sacramento Bee, it's the B-I-B-L-E. And I want to just tell you here this morning, engage with the Word of God. Can I get a witness? We are preaching today, everybody. Hallelujah. We're preaching. This is Word, man. I'm telling you. So... Read the word of God. And by the way, keep on tracking with me on these points. I'm sharing 12 points. We're already to point five already. But here, I want you to see yourself in these. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm showing you what you're already doing as a believer right now. And if you're weak in some areas, say, God, I'm kind of weak in that area. Just make me stronger. But let me tell you, I've got 12 points, but you're going to see yourself in every one, of, every one of these points. The word of God, I love it. In fact, I love this book right here. Uh, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. And the Bible says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119. If you, really, if you want to read about the word of God, read Psalm 119. It's all through there. The longest psalm in the Bible, but it's so much about the word of God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The Bible says in 1 pardon me, 2 Timothy chapter 3.16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, or it's God-breathed, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, ready for all, every good deed, you'll be complete when you read the Word of God. Hallelujah. So everyone, here we are Sunday. You're having your breakfast, getting ready to go out, and you're going to have lunch, and you're going to have dinner sometime today, whatever it might be. But listen to this. As much as you need food for the body, you need food for the soul. And this right now, right here, well, well, you eat bread, you'll have lunch in a little bit. That's food for the... In fact, I was going to have a roll here this morning, everyone. I was going to have a roll. Where are you at, Mark? Mark's doing our signing here this morning. But anyway, Mark, hey, Mark, I was going to have a roll this morning, but I, I didn't pick up a roll at the grocery store. But I did drive through Burger King. And they, and, and I, because I always get a little egg or protein before service, so I drove through Burger King, and then Burger King, I only wanted one croissant, a, a ham and uh, egg and cheese, I think it has a croissant, and so then I ordered one, then they say, hey, uh, you know, one costs like $4 and whatever, but you can get two for four. Would you rather have two for four, or would you rather have one for four? I go like or for 450 whatever it might be. Well, I'm the I'm you know I'm pretty sharp when it comes to that to the mathematics. And I say, I'll take two. I'll take the two thing going on. So then I realize well I do have some bread here and it's a Burger King croissant. You know it's a ham thing, but just pretend this is bread. All right. we'll, we'll make this work. So this is food for the body, but this is food for the soul. Are you are you tracking with me? This will keep your body alive. It'll also give you lots of extra calories. This will keep your body alive, but this will keep your soul alive. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? We need, this right here is earthly bread. This right here is heavenly bread. It's called our daily bread. Food for the body, food for the soul. As much as we need food for the body and as much as we crave food for the body... We need to crave the sincere milk of the Word of God. This is food for the soul. A book will give you information, but the Bible will give you revelation. And there's a difference. You've got all of the information you need. Now you need revelation in your life. Praise God. Well, there goes my croissant sandwich. And I guess I need to save that for later, right? <laughs> Anyway, praise God. Are you reading with me right now? You're tracking with me the Word of God. Now, the sixth thing, we're already at the halfway point. The sixth marker of a Christian life is this, is obedience. Say it with me right now, obedience. Now, it's one thing to read the Word of God, but it's another thing to heed the Word of God. Reading it is one thing, but heeding it is the other thing. And let me tell you what this morning, everyone... The blessings come with obedience. Praise God. The Bible says this, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In other words, another translation puts it this way. If you're just, if you're just hearing the word but you're not doing it, you're just kidding yourself. So be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So doing the word is obeying the word. Say with me this morning right now, obeying the word. I want to be uh, not only just a hearer of the word, but a doer or, or an obeyer of the word. And remember this, blessings always follow obedience. The more obedient you are, the more blessed you will be. Now the seventh thing is this. The seventh marker of a Christian life is this, is receiving the Holy Spirit. We talked about being baptized In water, but have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit? And we've shared lots of verses on the Holy Spirit, but let me just share this one little instance. When Paul the Apostle was coming through to Ephesus one day, he ran into 12 disciples, and you can read this in Acts chapter 19. And he said this, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they said to him, we have not so much heard whether there even be a Holy Spirit. And he said this, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And and they said, well, we we haven't heard there is a Holy Spirit. Well, then he laid hands on them and prayed over them. The Bible says they immediately began to speak with tongues and to prophesy. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question right now. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? It's one thing to be saved, but make sure that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not, just say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit and with your power. Let me just encourage you here this morning. Be baptized in the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, be empowered by the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's life in our life. We need the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just in a little aside here, we're having a Tuesday Bible study that's coming up on, starting on February 6th that's called The Holy Spirit in You. And you can take it online. It'll be in a Zoom format. And uh, you can take it online. Just check out our website. But it starts, I believe it is Tuesday, February 6th at 9 o'clock. And I think it's at 6 o'clock in the evening. But two sessions a day and you'll be able to just have fellowship with other believers online, but also learn more about the Holy Spirit. But here's what I want you to see right now regarding the Holy Spirit. In this day and age that we live in, we've become dependent on Wi-Fi and cellular singles to function. Am I right? We we just depend on Wi-Fi. In fact, if you don't think so, watch what happens when the Wi-Fi crashes at your office or your home. Productivity takes the dive and anxiety begins to rise because you don't have a Wi Fi connection. As much as we have become dependent on our cell phones more than five hours a day, we need that much more to be dependent on the, to be connected to the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. As much as we become dependent on our cell phones, in fact, cell phone usage is over five hours a day, we need to be that much more dependent and connected to the Holy Spirit. Can I get a big-time witness this morning? Amen? Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is our connection to God and His power and presence in our life. So as a believer right now, what is essential Christianity? It's also being connected to the Holy Spirit. Here's the eighth thing this morning. The eighth thing that's essential is to have a witness, to be a witness. The Bible says this in Acts, and you've known this one. But you will see, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. That means you're going to be a witness right here in Elk Grove and in Sacramento and in California and in the United States and all over the world. You'll be my witness. But it starts right here, right where you're at. So witnessed to one another. Amen. How many of you share your testimony with one another. How many of you are getting connected with others and sharing your testimony? Listen, everyone, let me tell you something. Can I get personal with you right now? That's the thing that I think I'm the weakest at right now. I'm the weakest at, and I want to get stronger at it again. I share Christ all the time in front of a church family or online, and I lead people to Christ online, but my greatest desire is to lead people to Christ one-on-one. It's where I get the most joy. And, and I want to I have just as much success in that one-on-one level as I do in a church or do online. And so 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 says this, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Do you revere Christ as Lord? It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Hallelujah. In other words, always be ready to give an answer. Always be ready to share your testimony and do it with gentleness and respect. Uh, about two months ago, uh, I was at an outdoor coffee shop in Sacramento, and I sat down to have my coffee, and I sat across from another man that was about my age, and uh, we just, I, struck, I struck up a conversation with him, just asked him a little bit, tried to find some common ground. And then I began to just kind of segue and just kind of talk about spiritual things. In other words, start out right where they're at, but then move into spiritual things. And I began to talk with him. Boy, I'll tell you what, he just kind of got shut down right there. He said, I don't want to talk about spiritual things. I just don't want to talk about it. And usually people are open and receptive to that, but he just wasn't. And so he said, you know, that's a personal thing to me, and I just don't want to talk about it, so don't go there. But then I just kind of backed away. But then I noticed that he was reading a book. And when I saw that he was reading a book, I said, you know, a book is really an incredible thing. A book is the chariot of the human soul, the chariot of the human soul. And I said, in fact, there's a great poem by Emily Dickinson uh, that talks about books. It's a beautiful poem. I learned it in college, you know, it goes like this. There is no frigate like a book to take us lands away, nor any coursers like a page of prancing poetry. This travail may the poorest take without oppressive toll. How frugal is the chariot that bears the human soul. In other words, with a book, you can go anywhere. It's like a chariot or it's like a ship that takes you to distant lands, but there you are with your book. This travail, this trip may the poorest take without even having to pay a toll. How frugal is the chariot that bears the human soul. Well, I'll just share that, that, that uh, uh, poem that I learned, Emily Dickinson, from Emily Dickinson in my English class back in Bible college. And you know what? He just lit up. He goes, that's the most beautiful poem I've ever heard about a book. Where'd you hear it? Where? Well, I just you know, I shared it, and I said, just Google it. It's right there. So he did. And then he said, what was the name of your church again? And where do you pastor again? And you know what? I saw him this week, um, two months later, and he came up to me, and he said, are you meeting on campus yet? Are you back on campus yet? Because when you come back on campus, I'm going to come and visit you at church. Hallelujah, praise God. In other words, share your witness and share Christ with people. Can I get a witness here this morning, amen? Now, here's the ninth thing here this morning. Y'all with me? Everyone still with me? Can I finish? Because I'm going to finish. Nine, 10, 11, 10, we're almost there. The next one here, the next uh, 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 marker of, a, of a central Christianity is this, is discipleship. Discipleship, what is it? Discipleship is following Christ, learning of Christ, and teaching others to do the same. Very simply stated. Jesus said to his disciples, he said to his disciples, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. In other words, Jesus said, I've taught you, now teach others. And I want to just ask you, in your own Christian life, you've been taught, but now teach others. It's a marker. In other words, if you are a believer essential to your being a believer is to share the word with others. What you've been taught, share with others. And then Jesus said, surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. When you are sharing your testimony, when you are being a witness, when you are being a disciple, he says, I'm gonna, and you're making disciples, he says, I'm gonna be with you even to the end of this age, praise God. That's called the Great Commission, and we're supposed to be part of that Great Commission. So be a lifelong follower and a learner of Christ and his commands and teach others to do the same. Amen. That's discipleship. Now the 10th area is this. The 10th marker or sign of essential Christianity is this, is fellowship. Say with me right now, fellowship. I love fellowship. I love being with God's people. Some of my closest friends in the world are people from the church. And the Bible says this, in Psalm 92, 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Let me ask you a question right now. Have you been planted in in the house of the Lord? I hope right now you're planted in a local church. And don't give up. Uh, getting together. Even with this whole thing right now, there's ways that we can connect with other people. The Bible says this in Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another daily, especially now that the day of his drawing near is, the day of his return is drawing near. So, in other words, encourage one another daily. Praise God. Hey, everyone, we're soon going to be meeting on campus again, but you know, We've got all the way through 2020. Now we're into 2021, and we can see right now, we can kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel, but the end of the tunnel is a little bit farther away than we thought it might be. But I believe that in a matter of months or weeks, we're going to be back on campus. But in the meantime, we can connect. Our life groups and all of our ministries here at Harvest Church have some kind of weekly connection point, if you'll just tune in. All of our ministries have some kind of a weekly connection point. So... Stay connected online, but also stay connected by calling one another, staying in communication with one another. Let's stay connected as the body of Christ and have true fellowship. It's one of the markers of essential Christianity. Here's the next one. A major marker is this, is giving. Say with me right now, giving. Giving is a marker of a godly life. It is. It's just a marker of a godly life. My dad, God bless him. My dad, who's in heaven now, taught me to be a giver. And in fact, way back when I was a little kid in North Dakota, we'd go to Bible camp every summer. And at Bible camp, they would ask my dad to come up and receive an offering. He was a pastor of a local church. And they would ask him to come up and receive an offering and encourage the people to give at Bible camp. And there was always a budget to raise at every Bible camp. You had to raise a budget to be able to cover the bills for that week. And I remember my dad would stand up at the front of that tabernacle out there and the tabernacle was a white tabernacle. At the time, it had gravel for the floor. It didn't even have a cement floor, and we'd sit on wood benches. And the front of the tabernacle said, Seek the Lord in big letters. Seek the Lord. Or seek ye the Lord, I think it was. Anyway, but Dad would stand up there, and I remember my dad, this was way back in 1967. Oh, wow. 1967, but he, 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 he took out his wallet And he was ready for this. He said, I've got a check in my hand and we're going to give $100 from our family for the Bible camp this week. Well, my goodness. I don't even know if dad made much more than $100 a week at that time. And he put that in the offering. And I just remember by his own example, he, every offering that he ever asked anything from anyone else, he always led the way in his own giving. That $100 back then would be like giving $1,000 today. But he's the one that taught me to be a giver. And then my mom taught me to be a tither, to give a tenth of what I earned. When I earned a dollar for mowing a lawn, she taught me to give a tenth or a dime to the Lord. And I'll tell you what, if you'll be faithful with a dollar, God will help you to be faithful with $10 or $100 or $1,000. It's just all a percentage, just giving a tenth to the Lord. But remember this, believers are blessed to be a blessing. Say it with me this morning, I am blessed to be a blessing. And then Bible says this, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, I I can't even get started here, but I'll tell you what. God will backstop you. God will bless you. God will help you. Um, When you bless others, he will bless you right back. Praise God. Thank you, Lord God. Anyway, I'll talk about that another time. Here's the last one, everyone. The last one is this. We know we've talked about 11 characteristics of essential Christianity. And I think you can find yourself in each one of these and I hope that you will and if you say, man, I'm strong in that area or I'm weak in another area, God will strengthen you but I'll tell you what, you are a part of every one of these points that I shared this morning but here's the last one and probably I think it must be the most important one and it's called love. Hallelujah. I think love must be the most major marker of a godly life because if you don't have love, little else matters. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and caring is shown through loving. So watch this. The Word of God says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and with truth. And then Jesus said this, I'm giving you a brand new commandment. You've had ten commandments. I'm going to give you an eleventh commandment, and it's called this. A new commandment I give to you, love one another, As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. And then Jesus said this, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if what? If you have love one for another. Praise God. Everyone, you are loving, but let God even shed his love abroad in your heart so that you can be that much more loving, because love is the bottom line. It's the bottom line. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13:13 13, 13, the love chapter ends this way. And I'll end this message this way. And now abide faith, hope and love, these three; but the greatest of these is love. Praise God. Hey, everyone, we just made it through 12 markers of essential Christianity, and I pray that you found yourself in each one of these points, in each one of these signs that we talked about. You found your own life, and you'll realize that God is up to something good in your life. God has begun a good work in you, and he's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. God, I thank you for your word. Man, I had so much word this morning, so many things, so many markers, but these were not like a to-do list where I got to do this or I got to do that. No, this is what God is doing in each one of our lives. It's not a to-do list. It's like it's what God is doing in our lives. So, Lord, I thank you right now that everyone watching today was able, every believer was able to see what you're doing in their lives. And, God, where we are weak, I pray, Lord God, that you will make us strong. And I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Lord, let your word, the bread of life, Lord God, be blessed to our hearts and sealed in our hearts today, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I want to speak a blessing over you right now. Father in heaven, I pray that you'll bless your people. God, give them favor. Let your face shine upon them, Lord. Provide for them. Let them be healed in the name of Jesus. Let them receive the revelation from your word. May they be filled with your spirit in the name of Jesus. God, I just pray for a special blessing over each one in the mighty name of Jesus. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. And if you receive that blessing, say loud amen, amen, amen. I want to thank you this morning for connecting with us at Harvest Church at home. I was so glad to be able to share with you today and I pray that the word of God blessed you. I pray that you will live out your Christianity And let every one of these markers that we talked about this morning be a part of your life. So we'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday. And then uh, again in February, too, when I talk about living the Lord's Prayer. So God bless you. Have a great week. Stay safe. And share your faith with others, too. We love you so much. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged, and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.